Hey friends, this is Grace Alves. Welcome to Tales of Recovery. Today is a an interesting topic. It's called The Truth That Wasn't True. And I'm going to talk a little bit here about how hard it was to leave a specific belief system when your faith starts to fail you and kind of how I got sucked into being part of this super religious church. And then on the other side, um, kind of looking back, a little bit upset about how um, how fake it was, you know, because I'm sure some of you guys have heard a little bit about my story. We found a super cool Christian church. <clears throat> oh, my daughter was about two. She's here with me right now. She's 17. She may or may not comment. <laughs> but when we showed up at this church, Julio and I had been for a long time in recovery, going to meetings in Tijuana and... It was amazing, and we've been clean for so many years, and we would meditate, and it was such a good time for us. And when we had the baby and moved to the States and found this church, I mean, there really weren't any meetings around where we were, and we kind of thought that since we had a baby, it was a good idea to now kind of, well, find a church for her, because what are we going to do? What are we going to teach her? We can't take this little baby to NA meetings. (laughs) And so we went to like 12 different churches. We definitely did not want to go back to the Catholic one because it was just boring and lame. Long story short, we end up in this church thinking, I suppose subconsciously thinking, well, you know, we're normal now and we can go to this fancy big church with a huge band and here we come with the baby and everybody was super nice and we can be holy now. We're no longer the rebels of NA and TJ were now in this church and pastor was really interesting and he he was also I think in somewhat of a recovery thing and also very very cool and everything he said made sense it was like if you were in therapy and we met a lot of really cool people and so we just kept going and going and going and going and I thought well I don't really know about this really being true and so I studied and studied and studied and studied and read and read and I was in apologetics and constantly digging up church history and in my mind I made the decision that Okay, well, the Catholic church that I grew up with, that's a bunch of baloney, but this is the way it should be, the non-denominational one. This is the way it should have been. Um, And, you know, we got super involved. I was, like, singing in the worship team and um, helping out with the kids and having marriage groups at the house. And I kind of thought, well, these small groups are kind of like the meetings. You get together, you talk, you heal, you share. And we made a lot of friends. Now... Ten years later, the kids are a little bit older. I'm a little bit more settled. We're in another church and another church. And it just starts to get to the point where I'm thinking, this is really... I mean, even before we moved, it was like, you know, this is getting kind of old. Um, yeah, the music is fun and this and that. But it's really, like, really, really, they're a little bit, a little bit too intense on you have to believe this and... When were you saved? And all of these questions that I just thought were silly that I never really considered. But, you know, after many years of volunteering and working in different uh, Christian churches and, and like, you know, we would go speak and sing music at the rescue mission and speak to all the people there. And then we would have retreats and we would be leading groups. And it just got to the point where I felt like, okay, now let's, let's talk about something different. Let's everybody do contemplative practices. Let's everybody talk about science or or Brené Brown information, or different kind of things, because I just didn't think just memorizing the Bible was working, or even and really transformative. Nobody was really transforming. There wasn't any transformation. It was all the same thing. And I hit a wall 
to the degree of what's wrong with me? Why is this not working? Why can't I believe like everybody else? What is happening? It's just, it just wasn't working. And I would go in and there'd be leadership would tell us, raise up your hands and, and you know, you're in the front. So whatever you're doing, the people in the back are watching you. And I thought, what kind of instruction is that for leadership? Raise up your hands to what? I mean, the music is great. And yes, the music makes you feel like you were saying, right, Paula? Like your friend was saying, my daughter's friend would ask her, how do you know? What did she ask you? I was like, how do you know that? God is real. And you would tell her, well, I feel this presence when I were camping or the music or something like that. Yeah, like in like nature or like with worship music. But really it's not the like worship part. It's just music in general can do that to you. And like nature. Yeah. It's everything. Yeah. And that's the thing. So this, I'm really, what what I'm really wanting to express here is, And you can turn this off or throw it away or listen if you want to. But what I'm trying to say here is it's a fraud. And I was in this morning, my car, um, the music turned on to this old like Christian worship song. And I literally felt my skin like it was going to explode. I got so pissed. I turned it off. I don't even know what song it was, but I was like, ah, change that. And I realized I feel like I've been ripped off. I feel like I have been robbed, like I was in there all of these years, and it was all bullshit. There is no virgin birth. There is no atonement theory. He died for your sins. You believe or you go to hell. All of that is man-made baloney, and it's just, it's the truth that wasn't true, and it's really hard to come to realize that. You know, I have friends that are still completely into this belief system that cannot even fathom me, you know, hearing me say these things, because how could you, you were so amazing, and you were doing these great things, and I, yeah, but not, whether or not you believe you can still do great things, I'm still a great person, I'm still amazing, (laughs) I am, and so are you, and so is everybody else, you know, it doesn't, it's just this, this for me has nothing to do with the way of Jesus and what he taught, and and that guy is a that guy's a badass, and I want to be like him, you know, a rebel, super cool, um, revolutionary um, man who really taught the way of love, right, and the way of enlightenment. But what the church does, or you know, or, or most churches, maybe not all churches, I'm sure there's some great churches out there, but when you have to believe to belong, when you have to believe because that's the only way you're going to go to heaven, it's just it's like a fraud and it's behavior control, right? So you think, oh well. There's all this guilt. I better be nice because the Lord says, and I better do this because otherwise I'm going to get in trouble. And so it's a it's a control behavior system based on guilt and based on like enjoying suffering, you know. And I understand we're all going to suffer, and I can be good with suffering in a different way. Like there's space for it all. I accept it, but I don't want to suffer because oh well. It's just just my cross, and that's what Jesus said. Instead of take a different perspective of everybody struggles, everybody suffers. We're all one, and I can I can be okay with this because I'm not alone. That's a lot different than you know this be, this this belief system that controls your behavior or your actions. Um, 
Now, this the construction process was super, super hard. It took me about two to three years of literally crying every Sunday, not telling anybody anything because you're so deep into it. Well, you would tell me. Yeah, it's just crazy because not only did like I have to go to church and learn about this, it's like I went to Christian school my whole life. So I grew up not only just going to church and learning this, but like this is what I'm learning in school. So like it's what I was like thought to be true at the time. Like I'm learning it in school. It's not just like even in church, like Sunday school. Yeah. Literally had a class every day. Where this is what was taught to us in school. Yeah. And here I was honestly thinking, oh, this is good. This will keep her safe. So, yeah, I mean, it was good at the time. You know, there was a lot of... Here's the good things about it. The good things about it. Friends. So many cool friends and loving friends. Um, so the good things. The good things about uh, that school and some of the other churches we were are the, the people. Obviously, the people. Lots of really cool friends. Yeah. Very supportive environment, very loving. The bad thing, very limiting because now you're like, if you don't believe this and if you don't do this and you're not holy, then you're not good, blah, blah, blah. So what started for us, me thinking, oh, now we're normal. Now we can go be holy at the church when you were two years old turned out to be like, oh my God, this is worse than drugs. This, the addiction here is certainty and these are the rules and if you don't do it, you're going to hell. I think I'd rather do heroin than live like that. Not just kidding, just kidding. Of course not, not one or the other. But that's just how trapped I felt. Yeah. Um, I remember you telling me when we started the church at the Pat Garrett, Mom, these, I just think this is all like it's so fake, it's so fake. Yeah. And you were like 12. I know. And I would think, oh, come on, she's in middle school, she doesn't know. But you had an intuition. Like, what did you think? What did you feel? How did you know? Because you're still in this church, in this school that's completely indoctrinating you. With There was a lot of love in that school, but there's also like, well, the Bible says, the Bible says. Yeah. I don't know. I guess, like... I don't know, I could just, it's just like, there's just something is just like always off. Like, why are all these people always, it's just so, ugh, it's just so fake. It's like, all these people are always super happy, or when they pretend like, oh, we're showing, we don't just show the happy side, like, to everyone, like, no. Like, even when you're saying that, it sounds so fake. Like, I don't know, it's just, I don't even really know how to explain it, but I just like, can you see felt right it. through it. Like, it's just, I don't know. Well, I think it's interesting that you use those words like something's off, mm -hmm. something's off. But at the same time, you're like trying to think, well, I have to be a part of this, like, or at least me. I'm like, well, there's, what is off? What is off? This is how it's supposed to be, right? Mm -hmm. Everybody's trying to be holy and, you know, we smile because the joy of the Lord is your strength. And, and it's like, no, dude, you still have to go to therapy and this is messed up. And, and uh, the Bible is to inspire, but it's not a freaking rule book, you know? And can you be inspired by other sacred scriptures and by other wisdom traditions and by other religions? Absolutely. But. No. And as, remember when I went to that camp mm -hmm. all the time? Mm -hmm. Christian camp. And it's literally not even like, and they're all about modesty, all about, there's literally an entire day where they just give you like different groups of 
teachers talking to you about every single reason why you should never have sex until you're married. Like, I don't even know. And then, like, they're just like, oh, your shorts have to be long. Like, it's not even helpful. It's just like you're shaming me for wearing what the fuck I want to wear. <laughs> well, we, we, we do say the F word in this podcast. Sorry, just saying, so you know. no, it's fine. You're my child. And so. I get it's it. It's true, though. No, it's true. And I think, you know, Peter Rollins says this a lot. He writes in his books, and I've heard him speak about how when you prohibit something, you want it even more. Like, the whole, like, Adam and Eve apple story, it's not even about that the apple is, like, this horrible thing to grab. It's the whole, you can't have it mm-hmm. that wants, that creates this desire. Well, why not? Mm-hmm. Instead of explaining to you, like, this is your body, you know. They're Take care like, of your body, self-love. You can't do this, otherwise you're not holy. Or you're going to go to bow. Or like, no, even when, the, oh my God, this is what really would piss me off. Like, they have this thing where if you're like, you can like re-dedicate yourself or whatever to like being a virgin till you're married, like you were not clean anymore or something you, like have to go through this whole like process oh my God. you're like oh like pray to god and like he'll make you a virgin again not like actually obviously that's not what they said but it's like what yeah. is the problem there like why is that something that even needs to be done god would love you no matter regard yeah. like the god that you're talking about that loves yeah. us no matter what yeah. would not give it a crap yeah if you've had sex or not like yeah. what i just don't ever understand that that's just crazy to me it's just part of the doctrine, you know, and it's, if you really, really study church history, a lot of these doctrines came up like, you know, well, depending on which pope was on mm-hmm. and what kind of, um, I guess when it, when it turned into empire, right, when the empire took Christianity around the fourth century and decided, well, let's, uh, let's find these books and let's do whatever we can. Let's not give it to the people. Let's control. So these doctrines come up like the doctrine of original sin and... I mean, I guess women were already pretty oppressed by then, but it probably just got even worse. Meanwhile, here's Jesus hanging out with all these cool women, right? Like, he was with the women. Now they're oppressing women. And I, I think these rules are probably in their mind meant for good, but I think it causes more shame, body shame, right? Why are you laughing? Because I just remembered something else. What? On the purity day at that camp, <laughs> they literally would tell us, we have to dress modestly to help the men. To help them what? To help them not be distracted and to help them like be like stronger. Like what? Oh my gosh. That should not depend on what like mm. Men from, need to help see. themselves. Exactly. Yeah. So that there's another thing right there of oppression. There's systems of oppression, right? So anyway, yeah, you guys now we're on a rant here, but the main thing is <laughs> yeah. Well, no, no, it's fine because it all stems from the same, the same, you know, like we were freaking ripped off because I'm telling you, I'm not excusing myself from probably telling this to other people. I probably thought it was real. I even taught one of the purity classes one time when you're middle school because yes, yes, it's not a good idea to have sex when you're 13 because you don't know what the hell you're doing, but there's different ways of explaining it then. Let's pray so you're virgin again and you're holy and blah, blah, blah. I think there's another way of without shaming or without excluding you. I think, you know, you know, God, whatever you call God, the universe spirit, um, is a creator of all of this. He's a creator of all of it. All of it. Good, bad, ugly, crazy, all of it. And there are compasses of, of morals, of ethics, of, of, you know, clear and black 
clearly those are compasses that lots of civilizations have, and not just the people from Christianity. Look at Christianity's history. They've genocide of all tons of people in the Crusades, in particular women in the 1600s. They completely oppress. I mean, it's not... It's 2018, and these things are still happening. And people... I'm going to tell you this. Okay. When I wrote this blog about a year ago, stating like why I left the church and why I thought it was baloney, because one of the pastors at this church had told me, do not say anything about your different, you know, belief systems. Don't talk about it. Don't talk to anybody there. You have, And, you know, we had a lot of friends at that church. And for a long time, I thought, well, I'm not going to say anything because whatever. This is my deal. And then finally, I said, you know what? No, 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 no. Why am I hiding? This system of oppressions. My husband's the one. In April, my friends said, post that blog and just say it. And I did. And it was hurtful and at the same time freeing. And a lot of people that had been you know, either kicked out or left the church or fired from the church, reached out to me and undercover, right? Because nobody wants to say anything. Like we do these live videos on Facebook called Soul Sessions where we talk about all the problems with being in this cultish thing. And, um, and but nobody, you know, what I'm getting at is people are afraid to say these things. Why are we afraid to say these things? It's 2018. You know, I even have had guests that were about to come and share their story here in the podcast that decided that they'd rather not because they don't want to rock the boat. And that's fine. I totally respect that. Not everybody wants to speak publicly about these things. But the fact that this loving God that you say is in this institution, in this empire, now controlling that you don't want to speak out anymore it's because also, you're afraid. It's also funny that they tell, like, he said to not say anything. Clearly, he's trying to like... Not have everyone else realize the truth. Right. Something. Just right. mask it. Yeah. 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 Like, yeah. Like, why are you scared? Like, why are you afraid? If this is so amazing, if you got it so like amazing. Said, like, if it's so not true, what I'm thinking, and it's wrong, and I should not think it, then yeah. why are you afraid of me telling everyone else? Like, why do you if have to so convince stupid, people? No one will believe me. Like, what? Yeah. I think the way of love and traditions are amazing. But. These religious dogmatic things are just not helpful. They separate. They don't include. And I and that this is just what this is just what this is today is about. It's a little information about how I felt today. I honestly was really like it was really hard and it was very sad. The break up of this thing, not of leaving. I mean, I feel whew, praise the Lord. Now I can praise wow. the Lord, Jesus. Thank you. Right, mm -hmm. finally. But I do think that. Uh, I had this feeling of I was ripped off, man, all these years. And probably it was because, yeah, you know, I was coming from, you know, whatever, 10 years of, of recovery of, of addiction. So I have an addictive personality. So maybe this was now the new substitution for whatever I was doing before, a drug of certainty, a drug of... And I just tend to just like jump in and do things 100%. And I did, and there were good things. But in the end, you know... I mean, this is one of the other good things. The other good thing is that now I don't have to hang out with people that I don't really like just because, well, the Lord says and they're part of the church and be nice and you have to do go to lunch with certain people that you don't really like because, well, you know, it's the, it's the good thing to do is what Jesus says. It's like, no, 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 no. Now out of these transformation practices, because what led me to get to this is I began practicing contemplative practices. So like sitting still, 
for 40 minutes a day, every day, just sitting there quietly focusing. Um, and like three to four months into it, I just began to see a change in myself. I began to have a different type of peace in my heart. Like my spirit became alive. It's like the embodiment of what, what the spirit of God is really. And of course, I was talking to a lot of other people that were ahead in the process of realizing it's okay that this isn't true. You can still love and have faith and think that, you know, of course, I don't think we're alone. I don't think we're alone. I just think it's not real when you're like, hey, raise your hand. Everybody close your eyes, raise your hand. Who wants to give their Lord their heart to Jesus? Oh, over here, I see you. I'm not going to embarrass you. Close your eyes. I see you. I see you. Oh, three people gave their lives to Christ. They're saved. Let's put it in the book. High five. We saved three people. That, to me, is insanely hilarious. Yeah. Who do you think you are? Like, what kind of a trick is that? Wait, I just remembered, remember you asked me earlier why I could tell that, like, why I felt like it was all fake? Yeah. I just realized, okay, it's a lot of things, too, is, it was very, very high school to me sometimes. Like, Uh oh. hold on. Like, what I mean by that is that very I high could school. see a lot of the things that I, as a high schooler, was going through happen with your friends. Like, it was like, oh, they're not close enough in our church group of the leaders, so she isn't invited to this party, or you know what I mean? Mm. Or, like, things like that. Like, they just leave people... Mm, A little clicky. It's very... I feel like sometimes it can be clicky. Well, it's not congruent with what they're preaching, right? Like, it's Mm -hmm. everybody, everybody's welcome. That's what I'm saying. Everyone's welcome. Not really. Or, oh, that's very specific. We'll just cut that part out, but... Well, a lot of churches say it. It's like everyone... got it from someone else. Everyone's welcome. We love everyone. Until they're not the same as us, you can still come, but at some point you have to change to everything that we, like, exactly how we are. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and that's just, yeah, that was just, I think the good thing about it is when you get to, like, something so dysfunctional in the end, like, you know, I, like, okay, let's do therapy, let's pray, let's more exercise, more yoga, like, what is wrong with me? And then you realize, okay, it's not you, it's just, let's have some you know, it's like, it's like this awakening, like like you hit a wall, you talk to other people. I, I would see a lot of other speakers saying different things. And and with these contemplative practices, when I, be, I was able to be like very comfortable in this, I don't know how to say it. It was like this, this spirit of love that was just around me. That It didn't matter anymore what I believed. I knew that God was present, mm-hmm. like this presence, right? And I remember one of the girls that I spoke with um, when I posted the blog and she reached out to me, and uh, she'd been in church for many, many years and then had to leave for her own reasons. Um, she asked me, like, well, what do you believe? What do you believe now? And she was so, it was so sad for me to see, like, she'd been out for two years still struggling about what to believe or what to not believe. I said, I remember saying, well, it doesn't matter what I believe. I know. I know that there's this spirit, reality, a presence. Sometimes I hesitate to call it God simply because God is kind of like tied into this Santa Claus dude sues that throws a dart from the top. And oh yeah, you think he's loving, but really he's not. Because if you don't agree with him and raise your hand in church, then he'll send you to hell. Mm-hmm. So that I, that's why it's like I have a hard time now Thank saying God. God. But whatever. It, it's just different language. It's all the same, you know, and it's... but but. That's really, like, what practices are you doing to have that transformation? 
right? Because a lot of people also when we do the soul sessions and just kind of have, you know, we're just having fun. We're just talking real. It's not a big deal. It's not like we're out to get anybody to go to jail. But people will be like, yeah, that sucks. And I don't go to church anymore because, yeah, that was lame and this and that and the other. Okay, but now what are you doing to transform your soul? What are you doing to heal? Are you hiking once a week and sitting in silence, right? Are you, you know, to helping tutor the refugee kids? Are you journaling or having sacred ceremony with your friends? Or maybe you have a super healthy church that you still go to and you serve there and you do contemplative practices there, but you, um, you're not tied to a specific doctrine of belief in order to belong there. So there are steps that you still, I think, need to take. It's not like, well, that sucks, I'm leaving. Okay, now let's do other transformational things. It isn't just like, you know, you still have to do the work. Um, and sometimes the work is just sitting at the beach. Remember when you were little and I'd take you guys to the beach? You loved the sunsets. And I remember thinking, that was years ago, thinking, this is the sunset, this is, this is, this is spirit right here. I remember telling you, even before this happened, I don't ever want you to identify God with a priest or a nun or a pastor or a pastor's wife. Those guys are just people doing their best, whatever their beliefs are. But, you know, we're these animals in a planet that is like, it's a miracle to be here, to be alive. And the necessity of humans to make sense of it creates these religious rules. Right, because it's easier to just know what's happening instead of realizing we don't really know everything. We don't know. We know no. everything. No, we won't. I know I love you. That's what I know. Mm. <laughs> I mean, I know that there's love, and I know that there is, you know, like these the spirit that leads you to certain things, and the more I sit in quiet and meditation and... And sit with my breath and journal and experience and listen to other people's stories, which is what I love to do in this podcast, is listen to other people's stories and how they've come through. I realize that that's, that's kind of like I'm talking to you, I'm talking to God, mm-hmm. you know. And it doesn't matter what religion you are. And it's so freeing. It's so freeing. But I do, you know, I do have, and everybody can say whatever they want. For me today, it was grief and it was anger when that worship song came on because I thought, oh, my freaking God, I was ripped off. <laughs> it was a freaking ripoff. Um, I'm grateful for the good in it. I'm grateful for all the good in it. More than that, I'm grateful that I'm able to speak freely about this, and that um, and that I don't have this guilt over me, like, oh, ooh, you're gonna go to hell talking about this. No, what kind of God does that to their kids? For the love. Yeah. Come on now. That's just wild. It's myth. You know, it's mythologies. And there's all these studies of mythology. I wish I had the, the factor of like, you know, it's dying for your sins and the atonement theory. It's civilizations before Christ that were saying, saying the same stories. And hundreds and hundreds of years before that, the same story. And virgin breaths and people that came and saved the world. So it's not, it was something, it's not like it's something new. You know, if you want to like study what, the, you know, the mysticism of Christ, that's so much different than these religious stuff. And I do think, I do think it holds people back in guilt. So, so yeah, that's it. Love wins. <laughs> Love wins.
And um, we're going to stop right here. We'll be back next week with another guest. Maybe Paula will be the guest again. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for listening to Tales of Recovery. Later. Later. Love and light. Peace. (laughs) 